I don't know if you guys have heard about xfactorroping.com, but I highly suggest you check it out. We average about two hours of new footage per month. We have over 1,500 videos. All of our members, if you are a premium member of xfactorroping.com, you can get personal coaching for free with Charlie Crawford, Ryan Motes, and Buddy Hawkins. So guys that are out there roping for a living, doing it day in and day out, you can post videos and they can help you out with your roping. That is with our membership. For what we put into roping, that's a huge amount of value and a way to get something out of it all the time. Guys, it means so much to me that you support us and I, I just really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Welcome back to the X-Factor Roping Podcast. I'm here with Kelsey Chase. Uh, one thing that we're trying to make a move on this year is the breakaway videos and instructional videos and and just kind of go in that direction. And so as you're filmed with LD and Jackie and then I've asked a few people and you're the one that were like, hey, you've got to get with this girl. And, and when I was not disappointed, I was actually amazed at how well uh, you could speak. You're just everything that you could do with a rope and a horse was so impressive yesterday. So I really appreciate it. And just thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So give me a little bit of background. You're from Oklahoma, kind of, what was that like growing up in uh, northeastern Oklahoma? Northwest. Northwest Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in Cherokee, Oklahoma. It's a little bitty town. Um, my, our, my family, I guess, kind of farmed and ranched a little bit, but mom and dad both had town jobs. But my granddad, um, wheat farmer really, and ran some cattle, but we just, we just grew up in the country and, and grew up, you know, kind of in that lifestyle, I guess. But I have two younger brothers and we all, we junior rodeoed, started riding when we, you know, we could walk, I guess. So we've been doing it all our lives. Right. So just been, that's what's kind of fun about you, I think, is uh, you grew up rodeoing, but as well as playing sports. What other sports mm -hmm. did you play growing up? Um, in high school, I played basketball and I ran track. But when we were little, you know, we played t-ball or softball and all everything. We Soccer, I guess I've, I've done about everything and, and both of my siblings have too. But And then I was fortunate enough, I got to play college ball for a year. So I, uh, I love, love being competitive, love sports, anything. I'm a fan pretty much of anything and and I like to win <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I mean if you're gonna play a college sport you have to be very dedicated um, what I mean I'm, I'm kind of gonna move through this pretty quickly but playing college ball what was a typical week of practice like for you um, usually I guess preseason like we would wake up and either go run or lift weights and then we had afternoon practice session you know, before the whole team could get together, they called it individual practices, and then we would play pickup ball. And then once the season moved on, we would still wake up and go work out, and then we would have team practice in the afternoon. And then between that, I would try to rope right. <laughs> so, and go to class. So it's like, I mean, that's that's what's so impressive about collegiate sports is it's, I mean, it, there's really no time wasted. You know, right. it seems like you're, you get up, you work out, it's class. I mean, you have to live it, and uh, and then fitting rodeo and something like that in as well. Um, is that something you think that you were able to kind of help apply to working at at your roping and and your rodeo career as well, like the the work ethic, or how did how did you kind of develop that? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I've, I always feel like I've had a, a good work work ethic, but when I was getting so busy in the college rodeo and playing college ball, it's I had to make sure when I went to practice, I was doing it for a reason. I didn't just go to say, hey, I practice today, especially on the roping. You know, in the basketball, I had structured practice with a coach and, you know, roping. And college rodeo is a little different than that because you're kind of individually, um, I guess, in that area. But I had to make sure, hey, I was going to get this taken care of today and, you know, had, had things 
planned out and ready to go because if I just went at it just for the heck of it, I didn't really get anything done. Right. Well, <clears throat> and I think that's something for that's really important to understand is as team ropers or anything in the, the rodeo industry, when we go out there, very few times do we have a coach day in and day out. Okay. And so you, you might run a pin of calves up and run 25 through or team rope 25 that day. But what did you get out of that day? Yep. And I think that that's probably one of the, the biggest things that I think you can take and see the people that really compete at a high level. It's every single day. They've got a purpose with what they're doing. And, and I think that's, I mean, obviously something that you've applied throughout your, your whole life to get something out of that. Yeah, I, the, I guess the big thing lately I've been saying, I don't want wasted runs. I don't just want to go out there and, and waste, you know, runs on my horse or runs with me. I want them to have a purpose and to get, you know, work on something, whether it be my horse that day or me, it, it doesn't matter. But I want to have a purpose and, and work on something and not just waste my day. When you talk about going to the practice pen and wasted runs as opposed to having a purpose, what does a typical practice session look like for you then? Um, mainly now I work on my horse, you know, I'll, I'll either go work on scoring and, and leave in the box or I'll work on him out in the field, you know, yeah, I, I, I go sometimes and make some runs for myself, but I can do a lot of that on the dummy and make sure I get back to where I need to be. But, you know, horsemanship and, and having confidence in my horse is huge. Um, if, if I don't, if I go to nod my head somewhere and I'm not confident that they're going to score or run in the hole, you know, then I'm, I'm not going to have a very good go, I don't feel like. So that's the main thing. I just make sure my horses are listening, you know, they feel good, they're scoring good. So that's that's my main focus usually when I go practice. Right. So growing up, I mean, I, I don't know, but I feel like roping was probably pretty easy for you compared to riding. I right. feel like that was like the thing for you. Uh, is that kind of, was that kind of it? Like you could swing a rope and kind of pick up on things pretty well? Yeah, I, I always, they always give me a hard time because there was, you know, really no girls I guess around that I always had kind of older brothers and then I had younger brothers too and if they could do something with the rope I was going to match them so yeah with the rope I, w I was pretty handy you know be able to do you know I could do the butterfly when I was little or stuff like that and I could I could rope and do about anything with a rope but we just we just didn't know as much about the riding it's not that I I rode bad but we were just kind of naive about it and and didn't really understand how important it was then I guess as you know as it is now so it yes it was easier with the rope but now that I understand it's kind of got to balance them both out right and just so everyone knows like the reason I, I say that is that I was actually talking about that we had the the smarty dummy set up and as we were kind of getting ready I was I threw a couple of breakaway loops or calf loops out there mm -hmm. and then I watched you throw a couple and I was like man I just set the rope down I wasn't <laughs> real worried about it after that I wasn't uh, I was I didn't want no part of it but what what I'm kind of curious is from at what time did you like figure out was there an aha moment or did you talk to someone when it was like hey i need to put a bigger emphasis on the horsemanship end of it um i remember in high school i bought a mare from a, from a guy that was that was right down the road from us and he told me he said you can handle a rope just as good as i've seen anybody do larry d jackie he was like but you don't ride very good at all and when he made me mad honestly but i, di I didn't know and it was good that he told me that you know but i was like and ride a horse what are you talking about and he was like no like you don't you don't score as good as them and you're not you know as consistent as you're riding and you're riding as them and then the more i got to think about it i was like man i guess he is right you know he wasn't trying to be you know rude about it he was just being honest and that's what i needed and so that was kind of one of those times like oh okay like i better start paying attention especially i was about to go to college i was going to college rodeo on a scholarship and so 
at that time I started kind of figuring it out, but once I came down here after I graduated is when I really started to learn more and go into more detail about it. Right. Do you think that when someone is, I mean, just being really truthful with you, is that something that, it, can you take that kind of criticism very well or is, how do you feel about that when yeah. someone's just straight up with you like that? I'm usually pretty good. I like that now. I'm not saying that, you know, things have made me mad, you know, in the past, but now I, I feel like I'm a lot better about thinking about it. I'm like, okay, this person's probably coming from a pretty good spot. That's just how it is. I mean, truth hurts sometimes. And, but I like being honest. I don't like, you know, sugarcoating things. I, I give Jackie a hard time. You know, if she wants to help me be like, no, you're, you're doing really good. Just, you know, whatever. I'm like, no, tell me, you know, I want it fixed. I'm going to figure it out. Like, I don't, I don't care if you tell me that I suck right now, but let's get it worked out. She's like, okay, okay. You know, and, and she does good. She doesn't, you know, try to sugarcoat things, but like, I want to know, and I want to understand it. I don't want to just say, oh, you know, it's pretty good. No, I want it to be great. Right. I think that's one of the harder, harder things is. Um, we all want to believe that we're really, really good at right. everything we do and we don't have many flaws. And when we, in reality, it's the exact opposite. We're, we're probably good at just a very few amount of things. Right, and right. really, I mean, great at even less than that. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to have humility and kind of when someone tells you something like that, to, to look inside and be like, okay, why did that why did what did they say that why what's kind of going on with that and I think that's that's tough to have that that type of humility but right. what I think when you get to the highest levels it's when you see that they someone can hear it and like okay and they'll take it in and they'll either believe it or but they'll like you know or do it or they'll be like no I don't agree with that and they'll kind right. of but they can realistically look at that as and I don't know. Is that something you see with like Jackie and Charlie and just a, a lot of the greats that you're around as well? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody's trying to step up every day. Even, I mean, I'm, I live with two of the best in their discipline, but they're still trying to get better every day and they, <clears throat> they want to do that. And all of us can laugh at ourselves. You know, we're, we're going to mess up and, and that's what I enjoy about being down here. You know, we can go mess up and kind of joke around and laugh at yourself, but then you know, get better. Cause when you, when you start to get better too and change things and work on things, it's not, it's not going to be easy and you're not going to do it perfect. You're usually going to go a step down before you can, you know, go two steps ahead. You know, I, I feel like, but, um, yeah, you know, I, it's, it's hard and you have to be truthful with yourself and you have to be honest. And if, if you're not, then I guess you're probably going to be left in the dust, I guess. Right. So you're pretty confident, right? Would you consider yourself a, like a confident person and just mm -hmm. your, your self-belief is pretty high, right? Right. Has it always been that way? Um, yeah, I think so. I've all, I mean, I've always been confident. Yeah. But I've always, you know, I just, I guess I worked hard and like, I knew that I trained hard and worked hard and was doing that. And then I enjoyed it. I mean, I think a lot of my confidence comes from, I enjoy doing, you know, roping and, and riding and competing. And so, I think that helps. It's just what I love to do. So um, confidence kind of comes easy there. I mean, right. sometimes, yeah, there's some times I'm not confident, but I enjoy it still. So that makes it fun. Yeah. So uh, yesterday filming, I, I had the opportunity to ask Jackie a question, what she thought you did. Like, what is one of the things she really looked up to you and what you did, one of the best things? And she said, I mean, it was like no hesitation. I said, her confidence level is unreal. Mm -hmm. She said, I've watched her have some of the worst practice yeah. sessions ever and she's like I, I i just almost told her like hey go inside whatever mm -hmm. and and then you could go to a, a rope and compete and win that night and she's like hey I, she would not take bad practice with her 
And I'm curious, how do you think you got to that, that spot? Um, I think it helped, you know, playing so many sports and do it and rodeo is so humbling, you know, and it, and it's, it is hard. I was telling a girl the other day, like, it's not easy. So don't, don't ever think that it's easy. And I think if you have that mindset, say, Hey, it's hard. It's going to be hard. There's going to be adversity. Um, I think it makes it better, but <clears throat> I've read, especially when I got to college, I've read a lot of mental, mental strategy books and stuff like that. I just finished Heart of a Champion actually, which was super cool. I really liked that book, but, um, you know, I, I only have control of so much. And so that's kind of what I look at. I can only, you know, control me. I can control my horse sometimes, you know, yeah, we can control them, but I can't really control anything else. Can't control the gate man, the calf or whatever. So I just go into it looking like that. And then the bigger picture roping doesn't really define me. So I just, I use it as an extra, like it, it's cool. I get to do this. I get to, to enjoy this life. And so I try not to make it so hard, you know, cause it, it already is hard. And yes, I do it for a living. So, you know, this is how I eat and this is how I feed my horses and stuff like that. But I try to look at it as what I can control and enjoy. And I'm lucky to be able to do this and, and not, not take the hard and, and the stress with me. Right. So <clears throat> let's just say we've gone to a few rodeos and it's been bad, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a couple of mistakes were not really your fault, draw, you know, draw right. bad, whatever. And then you probably get an opportunity. This is, this happens a lot. I'm sure you've experienced this, but you do get a chance, whatever, draw a good calf, good start, just miss. Mm-hmm. How do you handle it after that point? Um, that, that is, that is hard. That's the hardest part, but I always have to just make myself go back and say, Hey, you know, I have a good horse. I can score good and I can rope good. Like it didn't happen this time. You know, the ones before, like if I drew a couple bad rounds or just something didn't happen, um, I have to you just forget about it and, and trust that it's going to happen because I can't do anything about my draw, can't do anything about weather conditions, whatever. I can't do anything about if there are five people that were too flat. I can't change that. And so I just have to stay confident that in my ability, in my scoring and in my horse, and I know that it's going to turn around. I mean, sometimes it takes another 10 runs to turn around, but I can't help that because when, usually when I get in a bind, it's when I try to win or I try to go fast or I try to make something happen. And that's, you know, every once in a while you might pull something off, but it's, it's really hard to do that. I just have to, you know, go through every step and let it work out that way. So, I mean, obviously I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, I get pretty upset when I, I don't win or right. I, I make a mistake like that, but I try to let it go as soon as possible. Right. And it sounds to me like you're letting it go by looking at the situation realistically, like, hey, what can I control and what can I do? Instead right. of focusing on like the outcome, like, hey, I miss this calf and I'm, this is what I'm doing. And I'm missing right. these, you know, these chances to win. You're like, hey, this is what I can do. This is what I focus on. And that's, and that's kind of how you take it. Yeah. Take it back, right? Right. Yeah. And because, and I'll get caught up in saying, hey, I just missed these last three calves. I could have had, you know, another $3,000. I wouldn't be on the bubble, this association or whatever. You know, I think about that stuff, but then I try to stop myself and say, hey, no, like, we got to move on. We got to go to the next one. You know, I get upset too. I don't like to lose. I'm a competitor just like you, you know, so I'll, I'll get frustrated a little bit, but I try to X that out and, and focus on what I can do next and what I can control. Because if not, it's just, makes it harder than it is it's already hard but i want to enjoy it i don't want to be mad the next 12 hours going to the next rodeo i want to try to forget about it and focus on what i can do and be ready the next time i nod my head right so what about situations where um let's just say we've like something continues to happen like uh for example for me if i 
I, I'm kind of weird about this. Um, like when I go practice, it's pretty similar. I, I work on my my horsemanship in my horses and mm -hmm. and usually I'll make a few runs for myself right. and if it feels exactly like it's supposed to like how, how I knew it was going to when before I got down there I usually put my horses up pretty quickly right but what I've noticed about myself is when I start missing or have something that happens consistently like mm -hmm. in my swing or whatever I will run steers until it's fixed right. uh, how do you handle that those situations where you, you know it's like, it might be something in your swing or it might be something on how you're riding your horse or the feel you have leaving the box or right. how do you handle that when you go back to the practice session to kind of basically build or correct a, a mistake or habit that you've got yeah and i've been like you too where i've run just run them and run them run them and try to figure it out and usually i just get mad and the horse gets tired and the horse gets mad that kind of thing and so i've tried to you know stop maybe just take a break for a second think about it like hey what exactly is going wrong is it, you know, am I missing because of my swing or am I missing because I'm not riding very good? Because usually what you think is happening, you can actually go a step before that and, you know, help that step. And then it helps the next step to, to make it all work out, if that makes sense. But I always have to just slow down and say, hey, <clears throat> what exactly do I need to fix? Because if I need to fix that, let's work on that. Let's not try to, you know, be a good horseman and a good roper right now. If I'm not being a good roper, I need to, to work on my roping and I can kind of just you know, not be as perfect, not necessarily as perfect, but I don't want to pick at my horse if I can't even do my job. And so I've got to, I've got to make sure every step's in line and I'm doing it right to, to make the whole run work out. <clears throat> right. And I think that's, uh, that's a big thing is at my, one of my biggest pet peeves now is when I go to a roping and I'll see a healer or something that, that I mean, they might set a, a corner up really bad and the horse has no option but to create separation right. and they feel like their horse shorted them and they're tuning on their right. horse and you're like man you, you rode like you, you messed that right. up right. and and I think that that goes back to what you said at the beginning is having that purpose each time you go to the practice pen but with a realistic perspective on what you need to work on is is a way to, to keep adding to your roping and, mm -hmm. and building on it yeah that that's that's one of the hardest parts, just being honest with yourself. Okay, it's <clears throat> if your horse is doing something, you're probably telling them to do it. They they don't wake up in the morning and say, "Hey, I'm going to try this today and see if I can really set her off." You know, they they're a creature of habit and and they listen to us and they're so forgiving, thankfully, because we're terrible really day to day. You know what I mean? We're just not perfect. We try hard, but I mean, being honest with yourself and trying to figure it out, like, hey, you know, is my horse short or did I just set him up terrible? You know, set up a terrible corner or you know, is, is my horse scoring bad or am I, you know, am I doing bad? And I'm, am I giving any different signals? So, and so lately, especially in the last couple of years, I've tried to like really be honest with myself <clears throat> and, and figure it out. Like, you know, I'm not going to just going to blame him. You know, my horse was bad or whatever. I'm roping fine, but I need just honest and, and figure it out and make sure I'm doing things correctly. Right. Uh, a guy told me this one time, he's like, I've never seen a horse before they were trained or had basically anything going duck out right. or run up there and just stop and so basically every habit this horse has mm -hmm. you know you've taught them this what they're doing now there are horses that are better than others and sure. there's horses that are better athletes sure but that's I think that's the the one thing that I see that's tough is understanding hey that we got to we got to understand our horse mm -hmm. and know what our horse needs and how to ride it and I think that's where you're you're right on with hey when you when you guys go practice I, I I mean just watching you and Jackie get after it yesterday, 
the the roping was really really sharp but what was probably the most impressive thing was the horses mm -hmm. you know you guys I mean had enough calves that it was set up to you didn't run one extra calf to not score right you scored until the horses felt right. right you you got them perfect in the box got them how they needed to be and then the runs in the field you roped your calves for what they were and the setups that you're going to right. you didn't try to make things happen that were not there and, and a lot a lot of that just creates basically staying power i, mm -hmm. I think with yeah. a, at a high level because you know it's uh when everyone's going fast i think that you kind of got to be able, you know, there's going to be times where you're going to, like you said, you're going to make good runs and not win. Right. And you got to be able to win on the, the good calves right. and have things happen and kind of go your way. So, yeah. um, played college sports and kind of grew up in that, that atmosphere. But when did you decide, Hey, I, I love to rope and this is what I want to do for a living. Um, I was in college, I think, cause I went to school. I thought I was always, always going to be a basketball coach, which still might be, right. <laughs> but, um, that, you know, that's why I was going to teach, I was going to coach, you know, that, that was my plan. And then I got to come down here and do some jackpots and, and rodeo more. And I was like, man, maybe, you know, I, I enjoy that. I've always loved roping, but I was like, you know, this, this could be an option to be able to do this and do this for a living. You know, I got to go spend a lot of time with Larry D. I got to spend a lot of time down here with Jackie. And I just realized, you know, I didn't ever say that I was as good as them, but I was like, I, I can keep up with them and work just as hard as them. And I think I can learn to be as good as them. And so, you know, I don't, it was sometime in college, probably sophomore, junior year that I, that I realized that and I was like, Hey, you know, I can, I can work at this and I do want to be the best. And so I might as well try it out while I can. Right. <clears throat> so when you're going to, was it LDs first or Jackie? I actually went down to LDs first. Give Jackie a hard time for it all the time. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, how does that conversation go? When do you decide like, Hey, I want to, I want to, I'd like to do something there. Do you call her up on the phone or try to meet her or how does that all go? Um, I actually met Larry D through a friend. I had a roommate in college, Megan White had, had met her first. And so that's kind of how I got down there. And I met both. Well, I guess I knew of, I mean, I always knew of Jackie and Larry D, but in 2011, I was, had my rookie card for the WPRA and went up to Lincoln and was around them and kind of met them and talked to them then. And so, and then 2012 is when I really got, you know, to know both of them. But <clears throat> I, I actually got down to Abilene through Megan. And so that worked out really good for me. Right. Uh, and then just kind of stayed friends after that and went down there a couple of times. We went just a couple springs break, spring breaks and stuff like that. And just went down there as much as we could and pretty much sucked all the information out we could. <laughs> what was the biggest thing you learned from LD? Um, she helped me a lot with the riding too at first and she, she still gives me a hard time. Their own horse that I had, I've been bucked off a few times from him. Right. <laughs> she, she told me all the time, get rid of that sucker. He's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and now she's like, man, I'm glad you didn't get rid of him. <laughs> but no, just, just ride, you know, riding and, and staying riding, just stuff. Mainly it was all riding, you know, yeah, they helped me some with my rope, but, um, you should, when I started riding better then I could, then I could rope better, but she helped me a lot with that. That's pretty cool. So brake lane for a living that i mean team roping for a living seems well it is hard right i mean there's no doubt about it but brake lane uh, to have that mindset for since about 2011 is that mm -hmm. what you mm -hmm. that's when you kind of decided yeah. it's a hard that's a hard living because i i was riding around with jackie the other day at uh cheyenne i just asked her i said do you think there's going to be like i think team roping there's probably about 10 guys rodeoing that make a pretty good living mm -hmm. and break lane this year it seems like just off of winnings there's going to be about 
two to four that are going to be somewhat comparable to the world standings in the team roping. Right. And it seems to be on its way up, but how, how did you make that, like, uh, how do you bridge that gap of deciding financially I can do this? I don't know. I had a job last fall, so <laughs> it was, you know, but did, we have so many opportunities, you know, if it's, if it's working out, you know, and I, I try to be smart about, you know, I, I do lessons and, and clinics to help out too, but, you know, just so many bigger jackpots and so many places we can go, we, we're up, you know, more money's up for grabs, I guess, to be able to, to make it worth it. But it's been hard here lately because there's so many that we kind of got to pick. If not, they're going to run us out of fuel money and stuff like that, just trying to get there and keep up. But, and I don't know, it was like, you know, it's just what I've wanted to do, I guess, for the last couple of years. And I'm going to stick at it or stick with it, I guess, until I can't. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I, I mean, I think that's something everyone should really consider because uh, we get the question of, oh, I would, I could do this if I had more money or more right. horses or more opportunity. And every single time when I talk to someone that is at the highest level, mm -hmm. it, I mean, they want to win, but you could take all their money away and mm -hmm. they'll still figure it out. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I think that's, that's important because it's like, for you, you don't have, you can be broke. Mm -hmm. You'll go get a job right. and figure it out. Yep. And, and that's, it's really hard to beat that person mm -hmm. because when they're at that job, they're thinking about competing. They're right. thinking about winning. Right. And so that person that has the excuse of something like that, that's, that's really tough. So I, I, I love that mindset personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always had a hard time with, you know, those excuses too. Well, you know, it, I'm not going to go travel, you know, very far to go rope or whatever. Like you, you can do that. You, you've got it set up or we've heard a lot, you know, the big dogs have it so much easier. Well, I mean, I, if you see my handout laying around, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, just like that, I, I mean, I rent, I rent an apartment. You know, I, you know, I help with this place. I, you know, I don't, I don't own, I don't own a place right now. I, yes, I'm going to in the future, but like that's some of the sacrifices I made. Yeah, if I go get a job, if I go start coaching and teaching, you bet I can get my own place. But for right now, I want to rope. This is this is what I enjoy. This is what I love, and so I'm gonna do whatever it takes to do that. Just like last year, I had a truck breakdown, engine. I mean, I had to put a whole new engine in it. That's not cheap. So I went, I got a job. I worked Monday to Saturday. You know, I kind of gave up some jackpots I had too, but I knew I could get some money, you know, stacked up so I could enter the amateur finals and enter the WPRA finals. And I knew that was, that was going to get me where I needed to go. So, I mean, I don't, if I want to do it, I'm going to figure out how, how to do it, you know, whatever it takes. I'm not going to make up excuses of, you know, I, I can't like, why not? Right. Really, really, why, why can't you? I'm, I'm going to figure it out. If I want to do it, I'm going to do it. Well, and, and I think that's, that goes to a, a long-term mindset mm -hmm. is, I mean, it, it doesn't matter how long you got to work. It's just, you got to work till, it, yep. you know, you can do whatever you want to do. Yep. All right. So <clears throat> let's talk about growing the sport of breakaway. Cause this year has been, I have loved watching it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've been at the rodeos and watching the, the breakaway roping at Cheyenne and, and just at a lot of the pro rodeos. And it's, I, I've always loved to watch breakaway because it's so damn competitive mm -hmm. but what do you think it's going to take to to continue to grow the sport or what do you try to do from just a just a competitor standpoint to to help that out and that's you know that's been i guess the biggest question how 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 do we go you know how what's the next step how do we go further but i try to support you know 
anything that I can. Just, you know, every year we go up to Montana to the World's Richest Breakaway. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to try to, if I can make that happen, you bet I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to support those people that are adding all that money. You know, I'm going to support, you know, the WCRA, the American that have made so many big changes for, you know, rodeo and, and breakaway even just in general. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to support that. We're, you know, I'm going to show up. I'm going to help try to try to leave things better than, you know, when we got there kind of thing. But I just showing up and being there and, and showing our faces and, and thanking people and just, I guess, being nice and being a good person at those places. But I think they'll see and, and they know, I think people see now, it's like the numbers are there. People want to do it. We just, we just got to get people to, to step up and go to the next level. I don't, I guess I don't know exactly how to do that yet, but I don't, I'm going to do all I can to, right. to support and, and get there. Well, I think that's the hardest thing about rodeo in general is how are we growing the sport and how are we because uh, there's so many dynamics from the rodeo committee to right. stock contractors contestants and all, all these aspects and uh, and so to try to create that uh, the the deal where it's continuing to go is it's a tough it's a tough way to go but what's been so unique is the breakaway rappers have shown up mm -hmm. I mean they I mean, like, I, I just remember being at a few of the rodeos around Idaho this summer with four or 5,000 added. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, there's a stack of breakaway ropers, and yeah. they're ready to roll. And I think that's what's been unique is it's it, it went from a sport where at the end of college you really had to, I mean, you had to, like, be like you and love it. Right. Or you had to go do something else. I mean, mm -hmm. and if something, you know, financial stability was something that you're really after, it's really not that realistic unless you're trying training a lot of horses and right. and just can set it up that way i mean it's it's really really cutthroat and i think that has been fun to watch is to see something like there's there's that next stage getting set up and yep. and i'm i mean i don't know but i'm sure it's going to be at the nfr here pretty soon yeah, and hope so. i mean i bet you i bet it's got it's got to be at this point doesn't it yeah. with as much buzzes I would think, I mean, I think it's, it's the smartest move right now. You know, like the economy is good right now. People, people have sponsorship money. If you go get it, people are going to show up. And that's been the biggest deal. You know, Jackie and I were talking yesterday, all, all the entry fees we needed to send in for before the deadlines. Like there's so much to go to that we're, we need an end game now because not everybody can make everything. And I understand that. And it's, it's been hard for us to say, Hey, I got to pick and choose where we want to go but I don't want us to all get spread out. I want us to all be able to go to the same thing and have, have the same end game, the NFR right. or whatever, you know, even if, you know, maybe our first steps to Dodge Circuit Finals, I don't know, you know, we can even step down, but we've we've got to have an end game because if, if not, it's just going to spread us out. Not everybody's going to want to choose the same thing, you know, but, you know, being down here in the amateur rodeos, there's a lot of breakaway ropers down here and it's easy. This is a big area, but I want all these ropers and all the Northwest and everybody else to be able to meet you know, at the same spot and be able to, to hit rodeos and, you know, I got just rodeo for a living and, and be able to get somewhere and, and make it worth it. Because if not really, if I'm down here, why, why would I leave down here having, having so many ropers down here and having so many places to go? You know, I'm not just going to take off and, and go to one rodeo up here, you know, here and there, you know, yeah, I'm going to, if I can make it work, but it doesn't make sense if I can hit seven down here in a weekend and have to travel, you know, 24 hours to hit one big one. Right. So we just, we got to make it to where we can have an end game, you know, make, make, make a goal realistic and like say, Hey, I can get here and 
and have a chance at some good money or a good finals or whatever. That way everybody's in one spot, not so spread out. Right. And I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think what's, I, I don't know. I, I think the only thing that probably holds the NFR back is the added money mm-hmm. and the, their contracts with that. I, I don't know any of this for right. fact, but that's, I mean, there's a ton of money added in the roping of mm-hmm. or all the events. Mm-hmm. What do you think if, what if they said, Hey, we're going to do breakaway this year, but we're only going to add half the money at the NFR. How would you feel about that? I mean, it'd be hard. Cause yeah, I want to go, I want to go to the NFR. I want to be there, right. but you know, I don't want to rope for nothing, but it's, it's one of those you'd have to figure out like, okay, you know, then what's your plan, I guess, for next year? Like, do you have a three-year plan? Do you have a, a plan to get better? You know, if if I see somebody, like, working, like, hey, if we can do this this year, then, yeah, this is our plan next year, and we're going to get better, and this is what we're going to add next year. But, you know, that, that's that been hard, too. That's what we've talked about. Like, we're going to show up, and we're going to rope, but we, there's almost a fine line. You know, when do we put our foot down? Like, right. you know, yeah, you can't just, just treat us like nothing, but I know that we have to kind of go through the ranks, too. So, that, that's been tricky, you know, but it would be hard to say no to that, you know, even if it is just half the money just to be able to back in, you know, back in the corner to Thomas and Mac. But if I think if they had a goal to, to make it better each year, then I think, yeah, that would that would be something we could work on. Well, I think that's uh, added money is such a, a big issue. And the reason I ask that question is there's so many rodeos now that add half the money and not so many, but there's a lot of rodeos that half the money that the rough stock gets. Right. And then us being team ropers and whining the most i'm sure (laughs) but uh they technically heading and healing separate events so you get basically a quarter of what's added in the rough stock right and there's been like uh uh, there's been a few conversations between some calf ropers and some bull riders about Mm -hmm. hey you know the rough stock's really what draws the crowds and the timed event guys are a lot of your contestants and they need rough stock and and i thought man don't we have the PBR? Right. Yeah, you know, and that's, I was like, I think if, if they needed that, that's all they would do is those. Um, and so that really gets me to the point where I love that idea of, you know, at this, and I go to the smaller rodeos, but if you could, the only way that you could add half the amount is to continue to uh, have a plan on how to get it to where it's equal money. Right. Straight through. And I think that's, I think that that perspective of the whole rodeo uh all the contestants mm-hmm. rough stock all of it they kind of have to be on the same page and that's tough to accomplish because right. it means someone's giving up money but something's got to change yeah change i know me as a, as a team roper um not, not that i've made the nfr but if i had to give up a percentage to add an event i think big picture it works out right you know i, I think if you're like oh well these next couple of years it might cost this rodeo this money but really the more contestants you have and the better rodeo is and the more ambassadors for the sport the more it grows right and the more people you have essentially doing it for a living mm-hmm. that's the opportunity to teach and that's that's kind of what we found basically with x factor is the more coaches the the, the more inspiration from the younger kids right and uh and the, the more teachers we have and so just continue like it feeds each other you know the the high-end people um they need they need the, the people that want to learn and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of grow that way. So I think that's that's why I asked that question, <laughs> yeah. just to, to kind of see what, what a breakaway rope thought about that and, and kind of the, with the equal money. So, all right. You've lived with Jackie for the last seven years? Yeah, on, I went I went back and coached for, I guess, a year and a half, two seasons, but it mm-hmm. was a year and a half. And so had that break, but been here since, well, 
maybe not seven, maybe closer to five, but I, uh, cause I graduated school in 2014 or college, but been down here most of the time, right. <laughs> back and forth mainly. Well, I just wanted to talk about this, the, you know, you hear it often about iron sharpens iron and you see these people that train with at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that I, I wanted to kind of communicate is what it's typically like a, a typical day for you around here at the, the Crawford Ranch. What does that kind of consist of? Wild. <laughs> it is no. wild. I mean, there's cats and dogs yeah. and breakaway ropers and team rope. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes on around here. But it's, it's right. pretty amazing to see how many people are here just working at it. I mean, there's yeah. four or five, six people here that between breakaway ropers and team ropers mm-hmm. and and kind of the combo, I guess, right? Yeah. And that the the main thing, that's the I guess everybody's main goal is to keep getting better. And so that's that's the best part. We're not just going out to rope, you know, we're we're getting better. We're still having fun and enjoying it, but you know, Jackie might be on colts and, and making horses better. We might be making our roping better, but we we get to feed off everybody, you know. And then people are always here, you know, Charlie's roping partners or people come to rope and, and that helps too. We get to see everybody in, in all aspects, head and healing, rope and capsule, you know, whatever it may be, but everybody's feeding off everybody and getting better. And that, that's one of the main reasons I wanted to come down here. You know, I, I enjoyed being at home and I enjoyed being at Weatherford, but at home, I was the only one that did it at my level. And it, it's hard to get better if you're the only one. You know, I want to be down here. I want to be with people that are better than me. I want to be able to get better and, and feed and feed off other people and help them. But and so that was, you know, the main reason that I came down here. But if, you know, if you're if you're not getting beat or if you don't see anybody better, I feel like it's hard to get better yourself. You know, how are you going to compare? You know, I don't I don't want to stay at one level. I want to keep stepping, stepping forward and working on me and my horses and my mental game or whatever. So. Right. So getting beat in the practice pen, mm-hmm. that's that's something I mean, honestly, how many people have that happen to them that right. are trying to compete at a high level? Right. Yeah, that's I mean. You're, you know, you don't see that a whole lot. That's, that's why I, I like it down here. I'm, you know, or even if I go rope with Larry D or I go rope at somebody else's house, I'm going to, I'm going to see what they're doing, you know, whatever. I'm, I want to, I, yeah, I want them, I want somebody to do something better than me so I can, you know, learn how to train and get better at that. You know, I heard something yesterday. You, people don't like talent. They like training. You know, it's, you have to figure out and say, Hey, I'm going to train and, and do the best thing, you know, and do it the best way. And then I can get better, you know, cause one person's not talented at everything, but they can be the best trainer and everything and still whoop you. So that's, that's what I'm going to work on. That's what I, I see every day or when people come in or I go to different places to rope, you know, I'm, I'm going to step up and, and keep doing that and get better, I guess. I think, my stuff. I think that's a, a great, great perspective. Uh, I mean, me personally, I do not like to, like I, if I'm roping bad, I try to be pretty limited to who sees it, and right. I try to and and I try to kind of know myself and in that way. And but when I go rope with someone else, I, I usually if I'm looking to improve, I'm all about it. I will go there and ask questions and mm-hmm. learn. But then I kind of have my deal, like hey, I like to make my run and have work on my horses and do it sure. kind of my way. And that I think that would be that would be a big challenge as far as. Um, days where I mean just being honest you and Jackie it, it is straight up knocking heads when you guys rub. I, I mm-hmm. would be so competitive if right there um, <laughs> I mean it, when, when you guys rub, it's it's got to be somewhat intense and there's right. got to be days where 
I mean, I'm sure there's been days where uh, four or five or six or seven practice sessions in a row, you've worn her out, and she's then vice versa, and she'll wear you out. And that's to maintain the the love for it and and the drive is that's a whole different a whole different animal, really. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like I I know she's putting money up and entering exactly where I'm going. So if I watch, you know, I watch it day in and day out. I'm like, man, that's that's one of my biggest competitions, and I know, you know, somebody else might be having a better practice than her. So it's like, okay, what what's she good at? What what's she working on? And how did she get there? Or, you know, or what am I lacking? What do I need to work on this week to to get back or get confident? I guess you know that's that's the thing. You know, especially like before the American, we were both working on being fast. You know, going right. forward, we used to set the box up just how it was supposed to be, and that was hard. We, I mean, we I I struggled. I know we kind of both struggled trying to go fast and get that timing down. But it's like, hey, this is how it's gonna be. You know, JJ's right down the road, and I know she's pulling off shots and being fast as heck yeah and so it's just like that i gotta think you know i'm i'm not the only one going to enter i'm i'm entering against everybody else and and we can't see their practices but i know i've got one of the best ones right here and i want to be you know i don't want to be under you know and then i know that's going to happen you know we're, we're going to switch but we can work on that and work with each other and you know keep moving forward yeah keep moving up I, I i don't know i i would i would love to to do that but i honestly i don't know that i could i i i would I was listening to a deal with Kobe Bryant the other day and it was talking about just kind of getting ready in his preparation and he knew like someone was guarding him and this guy would like show up and shoot in the, at the games mm-hmm. and this guy's like, well, I was going to get there a few hours early and shoot 400 shots and Kobe's like in a dead sweat when this guy shows up mm-hmm. and he's just completely outworked him and the guy asked him after the game, he's like, man, what was that about? He's like, oh, I just wanted you to know that I'm going to outwork you. Mm-hmm. And I, do you ever try to have that kind of that mindset? I know that you and Jackie will go to the gym and work out in the mornings or, you know, it might be, hey, uh, uh, you know, you might be something like roping the dummy. You might be just being out there just knowing like, hey, I'm going to outwork you. Do, do you think you guys kind of set that same competitiveness there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially when we get out here and work out. I'm, I'm going to give her a hard time all the time. You know, and we're going to be competitive. And, yeah, we're going to try to outwork each other. But I guess the thing I've really thought about and, and learned more about lately is, yeah, I can go outwork someone and I can go, you know, throw at the dummy 400 times. But did I just throw at the dummy or did I actually get something accomplished 400 times? Right. You know what I mean? Just like the, the talent and the train thing, you know, am I training to do the right things? You know, because somebody might go rope the dummy 500 times and I might rope it five times, but I could do a lot better in my five than they did in their 500 right. because I'm training the right way and I'm doing the right things. And so, yeah, I, I mean, people don't want to come here and hook up to Jackie, you know, hook up to her belt loop or whatever and try to keep up with her or anybody around here. It's the same for everybody. But, you know, we're, we're also doing the correct things. We're also working on getting better. We're working hard and we're working harder than a lot of people, but we're also doing it right. Or I guess are doing things right to be able to step up. We're not just doing it to do it. I'm not just going outside and, you know, sweating my butt off or making myself tired just for the heck of it. I'm actually accomplishing something every day too. Right. I think that that is, um, a, a great <laughs> I, if anyone takes something from this podcast I think that's one of the most important things to, to <clears throat> competing and uh, you hear it a lot is practicing with a purpose mm-hmm. and and then having the, the training you know the, mm-hmm. the ability to go train yourself and understand hey this is what we got to do yep. and get this down yep. will you have things um, this is kind of, I just got a couple more questions but let's just say we're working on I, I don't know, whatever it is in your swing. 
And uh, how long do you think it takes you to get to that point? Or what is the, the mindset between um, practicing and working at it to where you feel comfortable? Or how, how do you try to get to that point? Mm, I mean, I don't, so, you know, if I'm working on something, I guess I got, I have to understand it first. You know, I have to understand, you know, what's going wrong and, and what I have to do to get better. And then, you know, then I can work on it and get confident about it. But, you know, a lot of films, you know, a lot of asking, hey, watch me, what do you think, and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, don't, I guess I don't really know how to, to answer that. But I have to, you know, I work at it enough and I, I study it, you know, enough. And to I think the biggest thing is understanding it. It's like, yeah, like, hey, you need to get your swing up. Well, okay, but why? You know what I mean? Like, I just I just don't want to say, hey, get your swing up just because I want to understand why and what it does. And then I think that helps me more to, to get it figured out sooner or faster, I guess, and the confidence to do it. Right. The ability, that answers your question. Yeah, so <laughs> the ability to step back and look at it mm-hmm. and say, all right, if I lift my swing, this is what it does. It, mm-hmm. it speeds it up. It adds more range. So mm-hmm. this is why we're going to do it. Right. And then watching where it's at where you're trying to get it and then just basically you work at it until that's until you don't have to think about it right right, right. yeah until it's muscle memory again you know because yeah there's it's not like you know i learned the rope when i was six and it just stayed easy you know it's like yeah we got to work at it all the time and it's crazy how you know we'll start you know we'll fall back and start doing this you know again and, you know we, we got to step back up well then this part of it changed but just as long as you understand it you know that that's the main deal especially going to clinics and helping people it's like understand it and make sure you you know get what i'm trying to say and why and then i think people can work on it you know so much easier it's not just just because or okay well i picked my hand up but what did i change well if you don't understand i guess why and what you did change then what's it going to help you in the future right and i think for people that are going to clinics and and wanting to study and work at things it is important to ask the questions why yeah um because well there's a lot of advice out there Mm -hmm. And it may not be for you, you know. It might, it may not be the root of what you actually have ha- your issue or what you want to improve on. It right. might just be like very situational fix mm-hmm. or something that really doesn't apply. So to understand it is is important, and that's that's something I haven't I hadn't really heard much, and I I like that. I, I think that's a great great perspective on it. Yeah, and that's what I've I've got help from a lot of different people, but I didn't necessarily take all their help you know I, I i might learn just one thing from that one person and i was there for three hours but that one thing could make a huge difference like i don't have to you know go to somebody's house and get help from them and then rope exactly like them i don't think that's how it works everybody you know is going to be a little different i think that's fine but if i go somewhere and they pick one thing out and they can help with one thing and i understand why and you know it makes sense and i can work with it then hey that's a win for me you know what i mean like i it's not like i'm going to go to your house and you know, strive to head steers just like you, you know, yeah, I'm sure I'm going to be able to learn something from you and and take some things and then I can help with my style or with the way I do it because, you know, every, everybody does it different, you know, yeah, we've got a big area of where a lot of it's the same, but people do things differently and it works for them, but it's, you know, what you do isn't going to work for me and vice versa. So you have to be conscious and when you go get help, you know, understand it, you know, and make sure it works for you and take away from that and but then don't say you know oh well they're stupid you know that that's that's silly well they're kicking your butt so obviously you know something's yep. working so just be conscious like i can take you know something from here and here and and put it all together you don't have to be the same as everyone i don't i don't want to be i don't want everybody to be the same that's that's why it's so cool everybody does things differently and that's 
will make some world go around. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, from I, I really see it. I, I don't know as much in the breakaway, but like healing and heading, this there's very few headers or healers that have the same swing. Yep. I mean, it's everyone's kind of built differently, swing a rope just a little bit different. Yep. There's a lot of similarities, but the exact same swing and style, I, there's very few people that I'm like, hey. In fact, um, the only person I know healing is or two is Dakota and his brother. Mm -hmm. They both swing a heel rope the same. And yep. I'm like, other than that, I don't know any healers that swing a heel rope the same. Right, and, and yeah, and that that was that's been hard for me, just like in the healing. I've I've worked on that a lot in the last few years, and it's like I I try to like do things so specific and that's why i've had to step back and like hey like just take one thing like if this person turns a rope over here or whatever you know like work with that but you know you can't just redesign the way you do stuff i mean you we'd have to start over at zero but i can you know work on this one thing and, and make it better you know make it as a whole better so that's that's been hard to figure out but it's but it's helped so much once i did understand that oh absolutely all right, so the last topic I wanted to, to get into is you and Jackie get up, what, 7 o'clock or what, I, earlier than that, but that's about the time you guys are working out. And, and I was talking to Jackie about this a little bit yesterday, but she says the one thing girls don't understand is how important working out is. Mm -hmm. And it's not just girls, it's guys too. Right. Um, how, what do you, A, what do you guys usually try to do and how is it, where do you see the benefits of it of, you know, trying to, to have some sort of workout program or that you're sticking with? Um, you know, the main thing, you know, core, obviously that's, that's huge, right? And, and then like, yeah, we, we do some strength training, but I want to, I want to be able to move. I want to be free. You know, I need to work, which I need to get better at it, but flexibility, you know, I've, I've been stretching more now and trying to work things out because it's crazy how my shoulder, I have no, I don't really don't have a lot of flexibility in my shoulders, but it's what I use every day. Right. Um, we've actually been getting some deep tissue massages and that's been helping. It's not very enjoyable sometimes, but I've been able to move and, and, and stay free. And I think that's, that's helped a lot. And then that's just going to make you stronger too. But, you know, to be able to come in here and yeah, we do, we do upper body Monday, lower body Wednesday, and then full body Friday or Thursday, you know, kind of just however our weekend works, but we are doing some strength training, but but also, I think when, once you get to our age, Jackie's age, you know, getting there, I've, you know, I've had two knee surgeries and an ankle surgery, and, and I've used my body. I've played sports all my life, you know, and I've used my body up, but I've, I've got to maintain that. And I've got to make sure things are full range of motion, you know, feeling good. You know, it's not like we're coming up here and just repping out and trying to bulk up, but we are working on stability and a little bit of strength, but mainly just kind of maintaining and making sure we feel good. If you feel good, you play good, you play good, you look good, you look good, you feel, you feel good. So right. that's, that's kind of my go-to at it. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's that's probably the most important thing that uh, for me with it that I, I feel like I wanted to work on being able to ride my horses across mm -hmm. the line without having to lean forward as much. I right. always wanted to get over my horses, mm -hmm. and I felt like I wanted to work on my reaching and really stay up and square with my shoulders. So right. what I worked on was strengthening my core and my back, and so yep. that was – we design programs for that and mm -hmm. that's and I think that that's we have a sport that we're doing so having sports specific workouts and then having you know the just the ability to understand your body like hey I'm tight here we need to stretch and right. the stuff that you really probably don't like to do mm -hmm. is actually probably the most important things and I think that's I, that's the one thing that I feel like is really overlooked in the industry is uh, the self-awareness of what our body is capable of 
and how it affects us. And if there are limitations in our strength, or our flexibility, it really does show through in our riding and things like that. At least I know that was, I felt that way. Right. I still feel that way. Yeah. And, and it's, it's usually the little things that we overlook, you know, like how hard is it to really just get up and stretch in the morning, but how many of us are consistent about it? You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not perfect and I'm not, but I, but it should be easy that it's not like we have to come out here and up here and work two straight hours and be dripping wet with sweat, you know, that we might not really get out of that workout what we can in 30 minutes of yoga or stretching or just stability, you know, or, you know, working on your core. So that's just like you said, so, you know, make it specific, you know, I'm not going to use my college basketball workouts to, to help with my roping, you know, yeah, I can, you know, use some of that stuff, but just figure out what you want to do and do it and make it easier. Cause that's what I get in a bind too. It's like, I always want to go full tilt, you yeah. know, just get in and then I kind of get burnt out instead of, Hey, let's ease into this. You know, what do I want to work on? You know, mobility, you know, flexibility, whatever strength, you know, and work on that and make it easy and make it enjoyable. Like, yeah, sometimes your workouts are going to be hard, but also you can, you know, tone it down and still get some things out of it if you do it correctly. Yes, yeah, absolutely. That, and I, I think what, what I'm finding with that is I, it builds a lot of mental toughness for me mm-hmm. and doing stuff that like, I, I do not enjoy stretching at all. Right. Yep. And so I downloaded this app that they have like thousands of stretching videos that it's basically for CrossFit, but they're like 20 minutes long mm-hmm. and I hate doing that. Yeah. And so I try to make myself do that a couple of times a week. And, right. and after six months of that, I'm like, okay, I'm, I start to feel like, okay, I've got some good, like it builds discipline, like yeah. doing stuff that I don't like to do because yeah. it's, it, it's hard. I mean, some people that, that like to work out, they don't like to do certain things and they kind of, mm-hmm. I think we're always trying to find a comfort zone and it's just, or we don't even know that we're doing it. And right. so that's understanding, like, hey, what do I actually need to do? And I think that's, that's what I think is so important. And that's cool because it's basically everyone around here. I mean, Charlie, oh. He's at the gym early mornings. Everyone gets after it. I think that's that's what's so unique is everyone's after staying power, and I think that's something that is directly tied to it. So. Yeah. That, you know, the main thing there is, like, yeah, it's not like all of us wake up in the morning and are just so excited to get to the gym. That's usually never it. But if you just take the first step, then it's like, man, I did enjoy that workout. But, you know, usually you're just like, oh, my gosh, don't want to go up there. But that's the thing. You don't have – I mean, not everybody. You're not just going to all of a sudden wake up and just want to do all this stuff. And sometimes that's with the roping and training too. It's like, man, so today I just wish I didn't have to work on my horse, but just, if you just do it, just take a step to do it, you know, and understand that, yeah, it's, you know, I guess not all butterflies and <laughs> rainbows, Yeah. just, just to do it. Just like I've been trying to work on, you know, a little bit of journaling and I, I uh, downloaded an app for, for meditation. I just do it five minutes just, but if I just start easy, you know, I'm not going to jump in and try to meditate for an hour because I would give up. You know, I would fail, but, Absolutely. and it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and that's I fine. Totally I get it. it. But that's what I've been trying to say. Hey, just, just take a step. Just, just make it easy. Just, just change one thing and, and try to get it going. Cause yeah, you're not, I'm not just going to love coming up here every day and working my butt off. But if I do it, then I'm like, Oh, thank goodness I did it. Now I feel good. Now I'm ready to go. So I think the other thing that it, it adds, like, I, I feel like if you get up and do some of the, like the most important things or some of the toughest things first, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, my days are definitely more productive. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I don't do it all the time. I'm really right. guilty of that. But right, you and me both. It's like, I know. Like yesterday, I got up pretty early, went to the gym, and then towards the end of the day, you're you're still 
you can kind of still mm -hmm. like, okay, I, I need to get these things done. Yep. And if you're willing to kind of work on that, and I think it's with everything, if you do the tough things first and just continue to, to do things that you really don't like to do, but you might need to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it just makes it that they just keep building and you keep getting more done. So I, I think that's really important and, and it can be, it's different for everyone. It might be meditation or it might be, Hey, I need to read or I need to study or I need to, I need to get this work done or, but that's, that's a hard one to do. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Usually if I start out and make a busy day, then I just keep going. Just like yesterday worked out, you know, filmed with y'all wrote, you know, it was a busy day. And then it's like, I wanted to just quit after that. I was like, no, I'm, you know, went and cleaned stalls. And then I went and tied calves with the kid yesterday and I just yeah. kept going. But if I'd have just done nothing yesterday, I probably would have used the excuse. Well, I didn't get anything done any, you know, now, why, why should I do something? I'll just start tomorrow, which yeah. always just carries over and over. But it's like you said, I got up did stuff and it just helped carry on my day. And then when I was ready for bed last night, I was ready. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. Well, I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited about the new footage and I'm going to try to kick that out pretty quick with our, our breakaway videos. And, awesome. and I really appreciate doing the podcast as well. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Appreciate it.